0: Disclaimer, this podcast was recorded on January 19th, 2022. At that time, Dr. Janet Woodcock was the acting FDA commissioner. Since the recording of this podcast, Dr. Robert Califf has been named the new FDA commissioner. Welcome to the Patient Safety Podcast, proudly presented by RX360 and hosted by Jim Freeze. Listen in each month as leaders in the pharmaceutical ecosystem have thoughtful conversations about the positive changes being made for patient safety. Rx360 is a nonprofit international consortium that addresses pharmaceutical supply chain security and quality in relation to public health concerns and patient safety. And now, here's your host, Jim Freeze.
1: Hi everybody and welcome to episode 2 of RX360 Patient Safety Podcast. It's really exciting for me today to to not only take the second step in our podcast series but really welcome somebody that I have been incredibly honored to follow throughout my career. Our guest today is Dr. Janet Woodcock. Um Dr. Woodcock, and Janet has been the uh, has been the acting commissioner of the FDA now for the for the last year. Tomorrow is actually the one year anniversary, and uh, and her career with the FDA really started way back in 1986, and and has really taken her through a, a pathway of leadership at the FDA, where she's worked hand in hand with not only drug approvals but really looking at safety of 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 medicines, safety of pharmaceuticals. And with RX360, that's part of our mission. So I thought it would be really great for not only our membership but the industry as a whole to be part of a conversation today that I'm going to have with Janet in regards to what patient safety, supply chain security, um, in the pharmaceutical industry, how it's really evolved in the last I'm going to say 13 or 14 years. So with that, Janet, welcome to the to the podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks. Well, listen, to kick us off, um, you know, really, I've always looked at, I've been at RX 360 now as their CEO for for four years. And one of the things that has really hit me on a daily basis is how this world of pharmaceutical quality and, and really supply chain security evolves on a daily basis. How have you seen it Evolve? Like, what's, what's changed? How's it, how's it evolved for you as you've seen it grow from the regulatory side?
2: Well, you know, I think from when I started, as you said, long ago, and when I first took over Cedar in 94, I don't think anyone even thought about this at all. <laughs> um, it was uh, not on people's minds. And uh, over the years, you know, with introductions sometimes in of counterfeits slipping into the supply with shortages and so forth, every year there'd be more and more attention. And then, of course, on the distribution chain and integrity, we had the DQSA pass that we have been implementing on, on distribution and uh, track and trace. And then on the supply chain with COVID. Coming in the last two years of the pandemic, it's been front and center for many people, including um, the U.S. government. Uh, that's much more engaged now. So, I think uh, it really has uh, moved from uh, an issue that many people really didn't think about at all to to a really important issue going forward. And I think there'll be more and more attention on it.
1: I agree, and I know one of the things that I've seen evolve is when you really look at even some of the things that we're doing at Rx360 with our working groups and that type of thing. We might have started, you know, 13 years ago with just like the Supply Chain Security Steering Committee and, and looked at supply chain as, a, as kind of a singular event. But now we talk about security from a data integrity standpoint, a material quality standpoint. There's so many things, even when you get into counterfeiting and diversion, it seems every year, one of, the, um, one of the comments somebody had made to me recently was, we have to do our best as an industry to stay one step ahead of the bad guys, because the bad guys are working doubly hard.
2: That's right. Uh, well, the criminals are always trying to stay one step ahead in any, any kind of uh, criminal scheme. And this is um, among them. You know, These are valued and experienced. Expensive, sometimes products, uh, valuable products, and you know, there's a criminal opportunity there. So um, we all have to be even more vigilant. And with the supply chains being so long and so varied, there's so many opportunities, as you said, for um, for
1: in- incursions and so forth. Yeah, one of the things that I've noticed in the again in the four years that I've been here at RX360 and my time in the industry is. You know, you had mentioned in, in your kind of opening opening answer there when in our dialogue about how maybe 13 years ago, people weren't even thinking about, you know, the supply chain security piece when it came to pharmaceutical products. The other thing that I've noticed is all recently, and I'd love your opinion on this or your thought process, there's the quality aspect of pharmaceutical manufacturing, and then there's the supply chain security aspect. And for mm-hmm. a long time, or at least in my four years— Four years ago, I actually saw them where they were separated, almost in silos. But I'm starting to see more and more of an alignment between those two areas. And I'm wondering if you're seeing the same thing.
2: I am. I mean... Always part of quality maturity has been having that kind of control over your supply chains, uh, over, um, you know, verification, like you said, data validity and so forth. They've always been part of quality. And more and more we understand they're part of uh, risk management and maintaining your supply chain. Um, so I think ever since the heparin episode happened, uh, people have begin thinking of these things, you know, it was a quality issue, it was a a supply chain security issue, Uh, it was many different things, but um, basically it showed some of the vulnerabilities and how companies and others can, patients can really be harmed when there are these intrusions if you don't have a tight um, grip on your suppliers, basically.
1: Yeah, but I think that patient safety aspect is something that that a lot of us, you know, live and die with every day. We want to make sure that the the end user is 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 taken care of. Yes. Um, one of the things that I always talk to a lot of different people about, Janet, is this whole idea of of supply chain security. You know, pharmaceutical quality in the areas of best practices. What have we learned? Um, and then also, just because this is the way that I'm wired, I always want to make sure, again, we're staying one step ahead of the bad guys, is what right. worries us? What do we have to have our radar up about? So I'd, I'd love to get your feedback a little bit or your thought process on on what have we learned? I mean, we talked about at the beginning, you kind of talked about the evolution. But is there one one thing that you can point to, or maybe a couple things, that hey, this is something that we're doing today that we weren't doing before. This is this is something we've learned.
2: Well, you know, on the security issue, I think we have really learned both the industry and the agency, you know, know your suppliers. Uh, it is no longer, and, and in quality as well as security, you know, we've seen these problems that have really uh, hurt Uh, companies and then denied patients access to products because there were failures uh, based on uh, supplies that were substandard, for example, or lack of supplies. We have seen much more now problems as we, through this pandemic, people understand more that those key intermediates, for example, and where they come from and who is making them and so forth and having redundancy of your supply. All those things are critically important. And if there isn't uh, control over those and understanding, it provides an opportunity, like you said, for the bad guys, because um, you know, we've seen shortages in a lot of areas in during the pandemic and particularly in a number of PPE and some of the other areas. I know those are devices, but what we've seen is a massive infiltration of counterfeits. OK, mm-hmm. we've been able to interdict a lot of them at the border, but probably not all of them. And these gaps in the supply chain and lack of control Uh, provide opportunities for uh, criminal elements to uh, intrude themselves. And I think we've learned a lot more about this over the last, say, decade and a tremendous amount during the pandemic.
1: Yeah, one of the things I was recently talking to some Rx360 members about that goes right along with what you were just saying was, when you look at best practices in the world of supply chain security and, and quality, we've learned a lot during the pandemic because we've, as an industry, have had to pivot to do things a little bit differently, right? Right. And and what it's done is it's created this level of being hyper-focused. And what I'm sharing with a lot of people now is as we begin to come out of the pandemic, let's not forget about being hyper-focused. Let's take what we've learned. Let's not go back. Let's take some of those learnings and continue to drive those thought processes and those best practices you know one of the things that i've i've uh, at rx360 we've done a lot of work on is this whole idea of of remote auditing too to to maintain yes. quality and and i think that that's something that's not going to go away after the pandemic and the industry's getting really good at it which is which is really fun to see
2: Right. Yeah, we are, too. All right. Right now, with this current variant uh, spiking throughout the country, our inspectors now are, again, on pause for non-mission critical for surveillance inspections, for example. But we have to verify certain things. There are things that are mission critical. We have to do pre-approval inspections. And we are doing a lot of remote assessments of different kinds. And finding them, you know, relatively satisfactory in, in many settings. So I think that type of, um, you know, audit, um, uh, having good data integrity, and then being able to audit data rather than, you know, just get some certificate of analysis or you know some kind of ass- hand waving assurance uh, from one of your suppliers, I think is is going to be very powerful. So. Um, yeah we consider probably some of these remote assessments to be best practice when they are um, suitable, and we will be continuing that.
1: yep. um so when you think about, again, our theme here today is talking about supply chain security and 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 quality in the in the uh, in the pharmaceutical theater. What worries you when you, when you sit back and you say, okay, we're tackling all this stuff today, but we all kind of put our futuristic hat on too. And what, what worries you? What, what's on your up radar down the road?
2: Well, as you probably know, we've pushed very hard on advanced manufacturing and trying to uh, shorten the supply chains, trying to have better redundancy. I worry, like, this pandemic showed us some things that maybe we as a species don't want to acknowledge. We're very vulnerable, okay? We could have another pandemic and have China shut down, right? And we came somewhat close to that. And you know, that would be a horrendous problem for uh, pharmaceutical manufacturing and for pharmaceutical availability. Um, We uh, are, uh, with these long supply chains and not enough redundancy in supply, we're really, all of us are vulnerable all around the world toward, for natural disasters, for fires, for earthquakes, for pandemics, to cut off a supply. And if, if we haven't assured redundancy, then, you know, that that might be it. So I think that's what worries me the most, is we don't have the capacity right now to pivot uh, for these essential medicines.
1: and I think that's one of the things that we've learned. I think that's a great point. It's one of the things I think we've learned during our hyper-focus here during the pandemic, because. You know, you never want to look at what's going on with the pandemic uh, as, a, as something positive. But, you know, maybe some of these things that were positive that came out of it was our revelation of certain gaps that maybe we have. Kind of like when you go back to the heparin adulteration, you know, 14 years ago, it, it allowed us to recognize gaps. And we're taking a right. negative and maybe turning it into a positive.
2: Right. Right, and so if we can learn from this and improve, uh, I think it'll be very, very important. And you know, the U.S. government is focused on this, as I said, the Biden administration, because um, they realize in many manufacturing sectors the U.S. is dependent on other other regions, and uh, pharmaceuticals is one of them. We worked on the hundred-day report. I uh, presented, uh, you know, our findings. Uh, We previously did that shortage report. And as you said, these things are all related. I think one of the things I worry about is when we do shortages, it does introduce the gray market. And it provides, we get desperate hospitals and desperate providers, and they'll buy basically anything that's labeled, you know, (laughs) desperate patients, right? You know, and patients, yeah. that's right. And with the internet, people can slip in. Um, and, you know, we've seen that counterfeits, uh, improper products, uh, proper products haven't been stored correctly, you know, that were perhaps remanded or rejected or whatever, and then, or simply fakes. And so the shortages create situations where uh, particularly the essential medicines were desperate people in healthcare and the patients are looking anywhere to find, find these medications, and they may get something that is totally invalid.
1: Yeah, and I think along those lines, when we look at, at incidences like that, one of the things that really encourages me about the pharmaceutical industry as a whole is you look at all these different pharmaceutical companies around the world. And and you can you can classify it as big pharma, however you want to classify it. But a lot of these pharmaceutical companies, no matter what their size there are, as compared to like four and five years ago, they're really growing what I would call their supply chain security departments within their organization. That's right. And and to me, that is so encouraging when you see mm-hmm. companies that are literally saying, you know what, this is we're gonna put infrastructure around. This issue and and to me, you know, as as listen, I'm I'm a patient just like anybody else, right? Is that makes me feel real good? Is that is that there are people that are working at the the company level to ensure that protection and that patient safety?
2: I agree, I agree, and this is all the pandemic. I think has highlighted all this for people and for companies.
1: I agree. Um, Janet, qu- question for you, you know, and, and, and thank you so much, by the way, for, for your time today, for, for the back and forth. I value your opinion. Um, it, one of the things that I always think about is, is, as a, and and listen at RX three sixty, we, we represent the industry as a nonprofit. We uh we really try to work towards our mission every day, and that's one of the things that encourages me about about the consortium. Is I see that from our members. Um, but one of the things that we're always focused on is what we can do better. And mm-hmm. you know, I'll have roundtable discussions with people, and 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 you know, we'll have we'll have you know. Hey, what can we do better as a group what in your mind what what can the pharmaceutical industry start thinking about or doing better when it comes to not only material quality but also the 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 supply chain security end?
2: Yes, well, as you said, I think the um lo- the companies that have the resources are are really beefing up in in the area of their security and their quality of their supply chain and monitoring that, doing the risk management plans and so forth so that they understand. I think um, my own belief is there are several things that can be done additionally. One of them may seem out of scope, but I think it's very important, and that is, as I said, advanced manufacturing, because to have uh, more redundancy, to have maybe smaller uh, plants or whatever, but that can produce a lot because they're using more advanced techniques, cut out several steps in the supply chain. Uh, um, I think an ad redundancy can really help. So that's one thing. Another thing, of course, is I think RX 360 is really important. I think gathering together industry and working collectively on solutions and best practices for some of these problems, because many of the problems still remain, is really important for the industry to do, and so I'm really glad RX360 is out there working on this every day.
1: Thank you. That makes me feel good. <laughs> um, one of the things along those lines, just to kind of piggyback off of what you said. One of the things that excites me a lot when I when I talk to our members is um, just that idea of of you. You talked about redundancy and, and stuff like that. Is I actually do a lot of our our members that are suppliers. I'm actually seeing a, a pretty aggressive transition to how to do things better and more efficiently, that's which I great. think w- which I think will help in in kind of that initiative endeavor, getting us to where we need to be.
2: I agree, I agree, and that's another piece of it. Um, you know, that sort of what you might call it's a part of quality maturity. Okay, is to really have a handle on these things and do them as effectively and efficiently as possible, and um, that, you know, part of quality maturity is understanding the supply chain and and managing it really well.
1: Well, Listen, Janet, I, I wanted to thank you for your time today. Is there any kind of parting comment or anything you'd like to share from whether it's something that you're working on on the FDA side or just something about our topic in general? Feel free to fire away with anything that's on your mind that maybe we didn't cover.
2: Well, I think the pandemic um, has really shown everyone how important pharmaceuticals are. It was something people took for granted, uh, that there would always be supply, okay, that their supply would always be valid, uh, that they didn't have to worry about, about problems with, um, you know, fraud or contamination or, and so forth. And so I think... There really is an increased focus. I believe we do have the tools to continue to improve and and um, and, and keep the quality of pharmaceutical supply at the, the level we all need. And so I think that is one of the positive things we can take out of the pandemic, that we're all going forward with a much greater appreciation of how important this is every day.
1: Yeah. Janet, thank you very, very much for your time today. I, I could not be more humbled and honored. And, uh, and I look forward to talking to you again at a, at, a, at a future conference when we're all not remote anymore or anything like that. And we will make sure that, uh, that we touch base. But again, on behalf of all of RX 360, on behalf of the industry, thank you very much for your time today.
2: Sure. It was great. You take care.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. Follow RX 360 to keep up to date. And we look forward to having you tune in next time for the Patient Safety Podcast presented by RX 360.